You are now listening to the Funkaholics Podcast. Funkaholics, this is episode 101, and we got a fun one for you. I brought back with me my partner in crime, Angela, to kick off this socially awkward episode about a young man who starts a romantic yet non-sexy relationship with an anatomically correct sex doll. (laughs) Go on. Say what? That's right, Angela and I, and Flo are talking about the hit Canadian comedy, Lars and the Real, Lars and the Real Girl. God, excuse me, guys. Written by Nancy Oliver and directed by Craig Gillespie, starring the notebook stud muffin, they all love him, Ryan Gosling. Strap in, Funkaholics, as we take you on a search for love outside of the box. Literally. <laughs> Angela and Flo, what is going on? <laughs> Hello, hello, Funkaholics. I am so excited to be back. We are excited to have you back. <laughs> I think um, I think we lit a fire with, uh, with the 100 episode because we got a little stagnant there for a moment. But then yes. after 100 hit, I think the fire was relit and the Funkaholics are on fire. We're ready to go. It was. It oh. was. It absolutely was. And, and I am so glad because, man, was this a movie to come back to because... It it has a little bit of everything, and one of one of the things is that I'm going to be completely honest with you. I am not a Ryan Gosling fan. What? No. Wow. But I love this movie. I, I remember <laughs> when we talked about doing it. Oh, I literally chuckled because I knew exactly. I hadn't seen this movie in a long time. I mean, this movie was filmed in 2007, right? Right. Um, but it's it's funny. So I'm excited <laughs> that we finally had a chance to get it done. <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. Yes. That is what I am talking about. Flo, what's going on with you, dude? Uh, you know how how the flowster is. It's just uh, you know his life in the shadows. Just one minute he's in sunlight, and back in and another day he's back in the shadows. So I'm at a midpoint, but. I'm here, so very good. Good to be here, and yeah, just that's the dedication I'm talking about, Flo. No matter what, <laughs> you're always here, my buddy. Of course. <laughs> Perfect, um, guys. True Funkaholics form. What do we do over here? Ah, uh, we have to say salute. Yes, we do a cheers. So, cheers to another salute. great episode. Um, I already opened my can, so this is the sound. (laughs) (laughs) Excellent sound effect there, Flo. (laughs) Thanks. I almost choked on my own spit. (laughs) Angela, what are you drinking today? You know, I still had some Modelo left over, so I picked up uh, a couple of those and brought those up here with me. Very nice. Yeah. Excellent, even though I don't know what the hell that is. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, good choice, good choice. (laughs) (laughs) I approve. (laughs) I'm sorry, people, I don't drink. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. You're drinking something, Flo. What do you got in your hand right there? Oh, I got a sweet, delicious Coca-Cola right in my hand. So that means we're going to feel a little hype from you in a little bit once that sugar kicks in, right? Yeah, but then you also have to know that 
You have to acknowledge me. <laughs> Coca there calls, yeah, there it is. Coca Cola's <laughs> kicking in a little bit sooner than later. <laughs> um, I am, <laughs> I am drinking a Canada Dry with some Terramana, and uh, eh, I don't, I don't like it too much. But I'm gonna drink it anyways. No. <laughs> did you add some lemon? I did not add lemon. See, maybe maybe a little bit of lemon, it might help. That was my bad. My bad. Yeah, you should call me, call me next time, and I'll I'll help you out. Right, the Funkaholics bartender over here. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man! So, guys, I am extremely excited about talking about this movie. Um, it is. It, it pulls you everywhere. Okay, you got comedy, you got drama, you got. Uh, you got some excitement, you got a little bit of romance, romance, <laughs> a little bit of write those in the fillers things come, yes. uh, coming along from Mr. Gosling. Um, so we're going to go into the beginning and then we're going to break down the characters and then we're going to talk about favorite parts from the movie that we absolutely loved. That's what we do here on the Funkaholics. We talk about what we love. And right now, we love us some Lars and the Real Girl. So, (laughs) Lars Lindstrom lives in a small town in Wisconsin. Um, He is pathologically shy, making his interactions with family and people extremely challenging. So, Lars Lindstrom is our out-of-the-box romantic, played by Mr. Ryan Gosling. Angela, give me your thoughts on Mr. Lars. I I think uh, he's very innocent, very innocent. Like you said, very shy. Um, it's very hard for him to make any form of connections, but he's also very religious. So he he has to go to church. He comes straight home, and um, it. It's really, really hard for him to strike a conversation with anybody. With any, I, I can't even say with just strangers because his sister-in-law, even, it's hard for him. Very true. Good old Karen. And <laughs> we'll talk about Karen in a minute. I love Karen. <laughs> She's so cute. <laughs> um, one of the things that I found out interesting about this movie is that Lars and the Grill Girl relates to an ancient Greek mythology called Pig, uh, Pygmalion, which oh. is a story about a legendary king named Cyprus who was also a sculptor that fell in love with a statue that he carved. So, very interesting. Oh. Yeah. Little yeah. Tid- little tidbit there. There's a lot of similarity there. Yeah. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. Very cool. That's kind of interesting. So he makes it. He's like, oh, oh, yeah. Perfect curve. Perfect <laughs> angle. Oh, my God. <laughs> I, 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 literally like that. <laughs> oh, sweet, precious rock. And then just walks off to it. <laughs> oh, man. Good thing uh, this is not a uh, censored podcast. (laughs) I know. I'm fucking glad for that shit. (laughs) Oh, man. So, um, Flo, I know that you um, haven't seen the the movie, but 
um it'll be nice to get your your feedback like based off of you know what we talk about in the episode and things like that yeah so by all means you got questions ask them me and angela here to to answer them um we just talked about karen karen lindstrom is lars sister-in-law she is married to his brother gus she is the curious heart of the Lindstrom family, and she is played by Emily Mortimer. Angela, give me your thoughts on Miss Karen. Oh, Karen, she is, she's like Mother Hen to <laughs> Lars. She just loves him. She's always trying to make him part of the family, and um, she she wants to be able to give him the attention and make him sociable, but she's so patient with him. Um, so she has a big, big heart and she knows how much it means to Gus, um, Lars's brother. And I just love her personality throughout the whole movie because if when you're watching the movie, just watching how Karen reacts is literally how the movie is dragging you along. Just every every way that she's reacting is exactly how the movie is dragging you along. Like you said, it's just so many ups and downs. There's so many ups and downs. There's there's comedy, there's drama, there's the feelers kicking, I mean everything and it just she's so spot on. Right. With with every emotion. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I couldn't have said it better. Um <laughs> Excuse me. And so we'll dive into um, more about the characters as we get through this episode. Um, uh, The next one that we have on the list is Gus Lindstrom. He's our arms crossed delusional brother played by Paul Schneider. 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 (laughs) Angela, give us your thoughts on Mr. Gus. Gus is a typical older brother i he's um trying to be a good supportive older brother um the very strict but i think because of karen he ends up growing internally and emotionally and i think it's all because of karen because of how well karen and and the doctor too uh dr dagmar I think they both really help him realize how he really needs to be there for Lars. And so, but he is, he's a typical big brother. He's a typical big brother. Very cool. Sounds like me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you kind of, you're kind of like, well, you're like Lars, but you have a sprinkle of Gus in you. Yeah. I I like to compare it to me being like a mixture of uh, Daryl and Negan. There you go. (laughs) So he's a, he's an asshole, but not a real total piece of shit. But <laughs> so I, I, I can feel it, and you know, being a big brother isn't easy, but you have to do it because you have no choice. But I mean, yeah, you have to be the strong one. Yeah, uh, of course. Very true. Even though my brother's bigger than me, I'm still stronger than him, <laughs> and, he ha- and he has to acknowledge me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Now we've got Margot. Margot is the overly aggressive and available sweetie pie played by Kelly Garner. Angela, talk to us about Margot. 
Kelly is the cutest. Oh my gosh. <laughs> she she also as well as is kind of shy, but she's trying to fit in because she's new, right? And um, she's trying to make friends with everybody. But you can tell that her eye is on Lars, and she just doesn't know how to, you know, be um, to get him to open up to her because she sees that he's very he's very closed. And so, but she's so sweet. She's so cute. <laughs> she's trying so hard. <laughs> She literally is. She literally is. And it's it's going to be – so once we get into this and we start talking about, you know, how the movie starts out and stuff like that and, you know, favorite scenes, it's it's going to get really good. And, and Margot's got a lot to play with that. So we'll, yes. uh, we'll, we'll – From the beginning to the end, yes. We'll, we'll get there. You uh, So you already mentioned her. We're talking about Dr. Berman. She is the jack-of-all-trades in the medical field and Lars Therapist played by Patricia Clarkson. Dr. Berman, Angela, talk to us. Dr. Berman, oh my gosh. She is the jack of all trades in that town because it's such a small town. (laughs) But at the same time, it's kind of good because she's not just a family practitioner, but she's also a psychologist. So it works out perfect without, you know, drawing too much attention and not giving up too much information to large to make him feel uncomfortable. So I think her, her role is absolutely perfect in this movie. Very cool. Couldn't have given a better description of her. She is, is really cool. And we're going to get into some fun stories about her or just uh, scenes from the scenes from the movie, but there's so many great characters in this movie it's too hard to list all of them. We would be yes. here for a two-hour episode, and, you know, time restricts us, so. Yes. Um, Fucking time restriction. <laughs> Last but not least, actually, we got two more people, so I'm jumping a little bit ahead. Sorry, guys. I'm a little excited here, but last but not least, we have Bianca. She is our Brazilian <laughs> and Danish angel that was put on this earth to help people. Angela, talk to us about Bianca. <laughs> she, <laughs> Bianca is quite beautiful. She is absolutely gorgeous. Um, she did have a very long trip. Um, and she's, she's in a wheelchair, so she needs a lot of assistance. And the whole community is willing to help. Yes, yes. And we will talk more about Bianca. <laughs> <laughs> Gorgeous. 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 <laughs> and I got a shout out to Miss Gruner. She is played by Nancy Beatty. She is large. She is Lars, excuse me, Lars Crutch of Honesty. <laughs> Angela, what are your thoughts on Miss uh, Miss Gruner? I'm trying to remember who Miss Gruner was. Miss Gruner is the one that has the conversation with Lars about being gay, and she knows some gays, <laughs> and she's okay with that. She's the one that hands Lars the uh, the, the the flower. <laughs> the flower. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Okay, you're gonna have to take this one because I can't remember her for some reason. <laughs> okay. So Ms. Gruner is she's the one that's completely honest with Lars at all times. She's an older oh, yeah, she's an older yes, lady. Yes. 
She's she, um, she takes the flower arrangement. Yes. And she's going to go and take it. Isn't it to the church? Yes. <laughs> so there's a, there's a scene between the two of them. And it's really hilarious. Cause it's like in the beginning of the, of the movie. So Miss Greer is telling Lars, like, you know, you're, you know, you're really different. Lars, like, you know, you're very quiet. You don't like to be touched. You know, you're, <laughs> You know, if you're gay, that's cool. You know, we I know some gays and, you know, she's and so Lars is just like staying quiet the whole time, you know, because of, you know, he's antisocial. Um, yes. And she says, you know, but if you're not, you know, that's cool, too. You know, here's a rose. Go give it out. You know, go give it to a girl. And the scene cuts. <laughs> And he just grabs the brower yeah. <laughs> so aggressively. Yeah. He takes off running. Margot shows up and she's like, hey, Lars. And he's holding the flower, dude. And he just launches it. <laughs> just and it. Just, it just takes off running. Because <laughs> he doesn't want the interaction that Miss Gruner like, gave him. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, oh my God. I love how he runs. Yeah. Like I said, I am not a Ryan Gosling fan. And <laughs> it's his his demeanor in this in this film is hilarious because just from the very beginning he just makes you crack up oh my gosh <laughs> he does so well <laughs> yeah that scene kind of reminds me of some things i would do in middle school i'd be because <laughs> i'm not sure if you all know it but your boy lost in the shadows is scared of talking to girls and in middle school i was I was just pathetic. A girl would talk to me, I would start either like crying or just run away. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's exactly how Lars is. He just takes up right or he just walks away when they're talking. <laughs> oh yeah. Middle of a conversation, dude. He just steps he out. He just walks away. <laughs> and I, it's it's like what can you do? It's like you're that scared, you gotta walk away before you're afraid you're gonna be like like make some stupid noise or scare him. Like, oh my god, get the fuck away. It's a weird shy guy kind of thing, so right? I, I can relate with that. <laughs> oh, man. And Ms. Gruner's always taking the fire arrangements. Oh, yeah. At the, she's always taking it. She's always, she's always got the fire arrangements, but the thing that I love about her most from this movie is she will not take any shit from Lars, and she is the, like I said, she's the crutch that Lars needs for those reality checks when he needs them. She's, uh, mm -hmm. she's not afraid to give him one on the chin. Yeah. So, speaking of favorite scenes from the movies and stuff like that, that's one that we had, and I actually had that at the top of the list, because it kind of sets you up and lets you know, like, kind of, like, what's going on with Lars and, like, what you're expecting to see through the movie. So there was, <coughs> excuse me, um, we talked about Lars throwing the flower and running off. <laughs> uh, we talked about Lars not wanting to be touched. So there's literally scenes, dude, where he's like coming out of church and the priest is like, oh, you know, God bless you, Lars. And, and he goes to like put his hand on his shoulder and Lars is just like, like turning into like, uh, I don't know what the hell you would call it, but he's just like literally, dude, like kind of like dodging the touch. <laughs> Like yes. He's like, stay away from me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, there's other scenes where Car, uh, Karen, uh, shows up at the front of the door at Lars's room, garage. Garage. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> we'll talk about that one, but um, she tries to make her way through the doorway when he's <laughs> when he's standing there, literally yeah. trying to push her way in. <laughs> 
And she's smiling the whole time. She's like, hi, Lars. Yeah, <laughs> completely <laughs> awkward. And uh, and she has no idea like, that it's making him so uncomfortable. But, like, he literally do, like, he pushes back. And it's almost like he wants to, like, just turn into a ball. Because he's just yeah. like, uh, it's cold <laughs> outside. Will you take this blanket? Like, he's he's doing everything he can. To like, and the blanket's so yeah. small. <laughs> to get her like away from him, you know what I mean. So he's like, he's deflecting like everything that he can, just so that she doesn't like, she doesn't make her way in. She doesn't hug him. She doesn't touch him. Like he's. <laughs> I love how Karen just has it like on her shoulder because the blanket's so small, right? Yeah. <laughs> and he's like, "Can you put the whole thing on, please?" Oh yeah, yeah of course. <laughs> She puts that on her shoulder. But, and I mean, Karen's already small already, but this blanket looks so tiny on it her. It does, dude. It's so funny. And it's his baby blanket. It's his yeah, baby blanket his baby that blanket. he's holding that on to. Sense. It's a security baby blanket <laughs> that he wears, even as a scarf, right? Yeah. And so, I mean, he has it on all the time. And he goes back to ask for it because it means so much to him. He's like, can I have my blanket? Yeah, and it's so it's 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 so funny too because Karen's trying so hard, dude, because Lars lives in a garage. So part yeah, it's of, like a tiny home. Yeah, it's like a tiny home. Yeah. Part of part of the and as the story progresses, you get more answers and everything and you find out right. like some stuff from Gus. Well, when when Lars' family passed away, they they left Gus and Lars, you know, the house. Well, for whatever reason, how Lars was dealing with it, they split it. But Lars gave the house house to Gus and Karen. And he moved into the garage and kind of turned it into like a little house for himself. Yeah. Um, and I think as you see the movie progress, you see Gus living with that. And you see the guilt that Gus is holding on to, you know, for mm-hmm. the way all of that went. And they have a conversation where they actually, you know, kind of have a coming to Jesus and they they talk it out. And Gus gets the opportunity to just tell Lars, like, hey, I'm sorry. You know what I mean? I'm sorry for leaving. But when I came back, you know, and just, you know, they have that brotherly love. You know, they get that opportunity. Mm -hmm. Um, Karen, on the other hand, though, she so much wants Lars to be a part of their life that she is willing to confront him in any kind of way when he comes back from work. (laughs) So she will dive in front of the car. She will tackle Lars to the ground. (laughs) She tackles him. And she's like, I'm inviting you to dinner. (laughs) Yeah. All she wants is for him to come over to dinner. (laughs) Or breakfast or something. Yeah. She just, you know, she wants Lars around the family. So it's funny because... Karen and Gus have a bet going on. So <laughs> Gus is like five bucks. He's not going to show up. And she's like, yes. I'll take that five bucks. And there she goes storming out the house, you know, chasing down Lars. And Lars <laughs> figures out ways, dude, to cost her five dollars. <laughs> Let's put yes, it that way. <laughs> yes. He's like, I can't have church or something. Yeah. But always, I love that part. Yeah. I love that part where she tackles him because they're literally on the floor on the gravel. And she's like, we're having salmon and cherry pie. Yeah. <laughs> and she's on top of him where she's tackled him. And it's hilarious because he's like, 
okay, I'll, I'll, I'll go. I'll be there. And she knows he's, he won't show up. He's, you def- know, he's deflecting again. He's yeah. He's, he's, <laughs> he's not going to show up. So she's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> she falls for it every time, dude. She does not give up. She's very persistent. <laughs> yeah. She is a trooper. She is a trooper. Um, <laughs> So that that part of the relationship and that part of the the banter between the two of them is what makes the movie so beautiful and and so much fun. You know, like I said, there's a lot of comedy in there and, um, you know, we see all these things. So one of the things that I wanted to get into and this is (laughs) this is where it gets really good. uh, This is where this is where I uh, where I love it the most is so. Lars shows up at the front door. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Gus is completely like, oh, shit, I'm probably going to have to pay. Uh, I'm going to have to give my five bucks back to Karen now because uh, Lars is at the door and he's got a big smile on his face. And uh, Gus whoa, is little- whoa, whoa. Wait, wait, wait. Because he, he, first he goes to work, remember? That's how he finds out. Right, right, right. Yeah. So... Well, I, I don't remember his co-worker's name, but so th- the place that Lars works at and everything, they're, they work in cubicles, and I don't know what the hell it is that they do. I don't know either. I was just going <laughs> to ask you that. <laughs> no idea. What does he do? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the funny things, dude, is so it doesn't look like there's any fucking snow in the parking lot or anything like that, but Lars is still wearing snow boots. When he gets into work, he takes his work shoes or dress shoes out of a plastic bag and swaps them out for the for the snow boots. Um, and then that's where his buddy is sitting there looking up real dolls. Um, and Lars like, I'm not in the mood for porn today, dude. So that's and he's all, it's not porn. Well, it kind of is. <laughs> And he tells he tells Lars like it's a life size doll, and she's uh, what is he? You can custom make her. Yeah, you can custom make her. Yes, and she's anatomically correct. Correct. So yes. Lars takes like a peek at the computer. He doesn't seem like you know he's really interested or anything like that. He tells the guy, "Are you gonna buy one?" And the guy's like, "Ah, oh, no, I blew my wad on you know something else." And uh, I can't afford it. So then that's when, you know, that's when it kind of ends. Well, there's a cut scene and it shows Karen calling Lars and says, hey, Lars, you've got a big delivery over here at the house. Uh oh. And then <laughs> Lars shows up to the house and he has the conversation with Gus and he tells Gus, like, you know, um, I want to come over for dinner. You know, uh, I want you guys to meet my girlfriend. And Gus and Karen are just like, what the fuck's going on? And Gus is just like, you quiet ones, you know, you always surprise us. And little do they know (laughs) what's in store for them. So the scene cuts. It shows him in the living room. (laughs) He's so excited. (laughs) He's so excited. I mean, he brushed his teeth. He combed (laughs) his hair. He's. He is dressed like he is he's got getting his, ready for a date. Right. He's got his Sunday best on. Um, yes. He is. So the way you got to see the way. the So the look on Gus and Karen's face 
as they're sitting across from Lars and Bianca, fucking priceless, dude, because they look like they just saw a ghost. Like, they're in the Twilight Zone. (laughs) (laughs) And this is where I say Gus is the cross-armed delusional brother. Like, through the whole movie, dude, Gus is... His head is down, he's stressed out, he's tense, his arms are crossed. He's stressed out because he thinks his brother is Looney Tunes. Because his brother's literally walking around with an anatomically correct sex doll. And he's talking to it. That's <laughs> And he's having a full on conversation with it. Full on conversation, dude. And she's giving him answers. <laughs> and she's yes, she's answering not in the literal sense, but he's like, well, she says, <laughs> and they're having this conversation and they're watching this, like, this can't be real. <laughs> yeah. Like they're waiting for somebody to fucking come out and be like, gotcha. Like they're <laughs> like, are we getting punked here? Yeah, exactly. And it's funny, dude, because when you see him sitting next to Bianca, she's dressed like a fucking hooker. <laughs> She's like in she's, a, got, she's got hooker boots on. Yeah, she's got fishnets on, hooker boots. She got a short skirt. Like, yeah, dude, it's fucking, it's fucking nuts. And just to see him, so this is where I give Ryan Gosling like so much fucking credit because it's believable, yes. dude. The way he's sitting there and talking to her and talking to her, yes, and and the way he replies because of course Bianca isn't vocally responding. But right. he turns around and he looks at Gus and Karen and says, she's shy, you know? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she is also Brazilian and Danish. <laughs> and Danish. Yes. <laughs> but he's, he's, he's full, like, 100% with this. He is full on. There's no turning back. And Karen and Gus don't know how to react. Yeah. How do you, how do you react? Is it that it's going to be healthy? Do you say no? <laughs> or do you go along with it? So that's when Dr. Dagmar comes in, right? Yes. And this is, so this is an interesting topic. And I wanted to bring this up between you guys. So we're not small town, right? So, Clearly, if something were to happen like this to us, you know, a family, a close family member to us or someone that we care dearly about walked in and had a life-size sex doll sitting right across the table from you, like, what is your reaction? Like, what are you thinking? Are you are you in Gus's shoes? Are you thinking, like, what the fuck? Like, someone fell off the fucking loony bus and here they are in front of me. You know what I mean? Like... Someone got out of the insane asylum and they're right here in front of me. Like what, what would be your reaction flow? If you, if you, if you ever had come across that? Well, in all honesty, if I see that, I'm just going to be like, I'll be looking at him twice. I'm like, I was like, are you being for real? And then like, yeah, she's like, you wouldn't understand my love for her. I'll say, she can't fucking talk. I'll say, if I were to go slap her, what is she going to do? Get back up and slap me back? No. Like. What's the matter with you? Like, go so, so let me ask you this. Let's put ourselves in Gus's shoes because this is his brother, right? Yes. Right. You know what it's like to be a brother. Yes. So 
are you one like gonna be like what the fuck or are you gonna be on the side where i need to be supportive and i need to see where this goes i um i'm gonna be option one because that's not healthy yeah you're gonna be what the fuck yeah i'm gonna be like what the fuck are you doing <laughs> I, I was like i was like look gabe i was like i'm I, I know i'm the more handsome brother but you could get a real girlfriend just this is a no-go come on i'm sorry you don't have my looks but you could do better come on and i'll take him out for ice cream or something <laughs> let's go talk about this yeah. leave her behind <laughs> <laughs> She'll fan- be fine. Yeah. She'll be fine here. Our fancy will box and then he'll let out his frustration and be like, you know what? You're right. And go bomb. <laughs> Give me what would your mom's reaction be? <clears throat> She'd be like, Gabriel, what the fuck is this? <laughs> She's like, What do you think you're doing putting that in the fucking table? That's disgusting. Your sister sits there. What are you thinking? You're not ugly, Gabriel. And as a matter of fact, you're my favorite son. What is wrong with you? <laughs> oh man we always gotta get those in there <laughs> Angela if you were Gus what would be going through your mind where would you be where would you sway yeah you know it, it's tough because I think like you said it, it it's, it's not a small town um, I think culture has a lot to do with it but remember Gus has a lot of resentment that he's holding on to and guilt Right. So, so I think for him is it's really hard for him to be able to just blur out what he wants to say because they've known Lars to be very distant um, and very close. So I think for Gus, it's it's really hard to react that way um, when it comes to different cultures. Yeah, absolutely. You know, a lot of people would turn around and say this isn't normal. No, you can't do this. But mind you, I mean, obviously, I'm a mom. Uh, you know, my kids would play with their dolls all the time, or action figures, and, and you know, and they would get play it, with get it right, mom. Yeah, sorry, with their action figures, not dolls, with their action figures. I'm doing air quotes as I say this. <laughs> You know, and, and they're those, not that they were very real to them, but you know, the, at the time when they're playing they're you know, they're, they're real. Their imagination is real. It's, it's compensating for something at the time. So I think for me, I think it would be easier for me, but again, only because I'm a mom. I, and I mean, just even me myself, you know, I remember when I was little, um, I was just having this conversation not too long ago, actually about, playing because I had younger uncles that had luchadores and I used to play with their luchadores all the time. (laughs) And so, you know, your imagination can kind of go crazy, you know, and you can create these storylines while you're playing. And um, I think that I would be probably more Karen. Um, It would probably be hard for me to react the way Gus did. But again, because I think that that instinct kind of pops up. So it would be, I would probably be Gus later in the movie. 
Okay. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Yeah. Okay. But I love how he goes, how Gus goes to work and vents, right? (laughs) And the guys at work are like, well, does she have a sister? Yeah. You know, it, it's funny that you bring that up because that's what Gus's biggest fear was. He's going to be like, I'm, I think Gus was more worried about his image and what they were going to think of his brother as opposed to like what was actually really going on with Lars. And yes. I mean, it kind of slapped him in the face the way his coworkers were because they were, they were cracking jokes, but I mean, it wasn't, they were like, it wasn't that big of a deal. Why isn't he in a fucking padded room? You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. Yeah, it wasn't like they were just like like it was almost like they were like, Well, I would do it, but I just wouldn't put it out there like the way your brother's doing it. You know what I mean? Yeah, (laughs) exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and you're right, because then they have that community meeting and then they all they all come together and they have a big conversation about what what to expect. And it really threw Gus because the community didn't react like the way he thought they were going to react. Right. Which is the touchy feeling part, right? Yes. Yes. I, uh, it gets you right in the feels when you realize like, wow, this community is so supportive. Oh my God. This, this community is amazing. Um, and, and, and we'll, we'll get into that in, uh, in, in, a in a couple of, um, in a couple of, uh, discussion or, you know, topics, uh, coming up, but, uh, one of the th- I I know for me if I was Gus, I think I'd be so uncomfortable that I would probably make jokes of it. You know what I mean? But with <laughs> Lars, like you really can't joke around. You know what I mean? But right. I, I mean, if it was me in that position and I had a brother or a cousin, like Flo, if you walked in, you had Bianca with you, it'd be like, okay, let's talk. <laughs> well, I got I questions. Think- <laughs> I think Nando, you would probably hide her and get rid of her and be like, I don't know where she went. Doctor, I, <laughs> I don't know where she, she went. Was, she was in the room. I don't know. We she, checked her in to go to bed and you're not, she you're, was gone. Yeah, you're not gonna believe it. She got up and walked out. <laughs> she got up and left. I don't know. She said she was tired of your I think shit. that's what you would do. <laughs> <laughs> she said your performance was below average. <laughs> She's had better in Brazil. Yeah. <laughs> She's going back home, Flo. I'm sorry. <laughs> she left this note, I don't know. <laughs> in your handwriting, right? <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, it would be I mean that's it's just crazy shit to think about that something like that. But like I said, I think I think you said it well. I would be I would be Gus later down the road. You know what I mean? Yes. And you see that as the movie progresses. So let's move into Dr. Berman. Um, she, <laughs> she wants the family to play along because this is all in Lars's head. Gus has a problem with it, obviously. Karen has questions, but Karen's on board. She is willing to do whatever whatever needs to be done for <laughs> Lars. <laughs> yes, she is. And... um I, I love how they, the the mentality that she got into so quickly when she's like, uh, we need to take her to the doctor. You know, it's just, it was just so quick. Right. She was just on her toes like, yeah, she has to get a physical. I mean, she's been traveling and, and, and Lars is like, oh, 
yeah, I didn't even think about that. So <laughs> he's not even catching on on what Karen's trying to do. But she was just so quick at, at, at thinking on her toes that it, it was – I don't think if Karen would have thought of something like that so quickly, um, it would have gone as smooth. Right. For Lars. Right. I think um, <clears throat> that was extremely clever on Karen's part. Yes. Um, the other funny thing, just to go back to that scene real quick, because it, it it wasn't very long. It was very fast, but it, it moved so great. Um, Lars asking <laughs> Lars asking Karen, <laughs> Bianca lost her. Luggage, huh? She lost her luggage <laughs> on the way over there, and she needed clothes. <laughs> and she and the and they stole her wheelchair. <laughs> so there's a lot going. Poor, you know, poor Bianca. She's got some crazy travels going on here. Um, but the look on Karen's face <laughs> when she responds to it, she's like, "I'm not even sure if we're the same type." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, oh she my won't god. Mind. Yeah, she, she won't mind. mind. She's not she's not that type of person. <laughs> no, no, she's not. No, she won't mind. It's okay. <laughs> oh my god. But okay, so Dr. Berman sits down with them and everything. The other thing that I love <laughs> that's so great is Lars and Bianca are in the lobby, right? <laughs> so Dr. Berman's done talking to Gus and uh and Karen. So as they're coming out of the hallway into the lobby, they find out Bianca loves kids. <laughs> she does. And so, the kids love her. And the kids love her. So <laughs> literally, dude, as they're coming out, there's Lars sitting in a chair. There's Bianca in the wheelchair. And there's a kid sitting in Bianca's lap. <laughs> and, and he's the, like, she loves kids. <laughs> yeah, she loves kids. And there's like a lady with a news or like a magazine in front of her. Like he's looking down with like, oh, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> It's <laughs> so creepy. Oh, dude, it's such a funny scene. But yeah, and I mean, it, how do you react? And you, would th- and you would think, yes, it would sound creepy. But when you're watching it, it's actually hilarious. It is. <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> and one of my favorite Karen parts is when they took her back to the house because they, again, Lars is very religious. So they're not allowed to sleep in the same room, right? And yes. so. And so Karen decides to peek (laughs) (laughs) under Bianca's skirt (laughs) and and realizes that Bianca is very well equipped down there. (laughs) Yeah. She, uh, she finds out she is very anatomically correct. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And she has a discussion with the girls over at, I think they're like at the mall or something. They're eating somewhere and they're, (laughs) they're all talking about it. Um, (laughs) It's it's funny just the way that the town embraces this whole thing and you know the yes. you know like like I said, you know, <clears throat> Gus is there with his arms crossed, you know what I mean? He's the guy that's just like, No, I don't wanna play. Um but everybody else is is in on it and uh that takes us to the house party. So uh uh, Margo tells Lars, like, hey, you know, you're going to go to the party, blah, blah, blah. And Lars is like, eh, I don't know. And then Lars all of a sudden just drops to Margo. Yeah, um, you know, I think I'm going to take my girlfriend with me. And that's news to Margo. So Margo kind of gets startled and she's just like, oh, yeah, well, I'm going to take, uh, you know, I'm going to take somebody with me, too. Well, it's funny, dude, because so when they open up the door to the house, um. Lars is right there with Bianca 
And so the town, the, the town is so small. Everybody already kind of knows what's going on. You know what I mean? Right. Um, so the, the lady that's hosting the party, she's like talking to Bianca and like, she's totally like playing into it. You know what I mean? The yeah, husband, having a full-on conversation, yeah. interaction with Bianca. The, yeah. hu- the husband is like, what the fuck is going on? So he's kind of <laughs> like Gus. You know what I mean? Um, as the as the party progresses, all of a sudden, the the husband has the wheelchair with Bianca in it, and they're <laughs> dancing, dancing, <laughs> and <laughs> and Lars is just kind of like in his own. It's it's weird because this is where you start seeing Lars open up a little bit. So it's almost like he's become social. Yeah, but it's 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 almost like. Bianca's the deflector to allow right. him to be himself. You know right. what I mean? Yeah. Like in Lars' head, it's like I'll I'll put this shiny object out there so people pay attention to it, and they just kind of leave me in the background. But I'm doing my own thing, and it's funny, dude. The way he's like sitting there dancing, he's like all close, and his eyes are all squinting, and he's just like I. He he's in the zone, dude. <laughs> he's he's in his own he's in his own place, you know what I mean? But it's funny because like all the people at the party and stuff like that. Like at first you see the looks of judgment, but then as time is as time passes and people get, you know, liquor in them and everything, everybody's just having a great time. And right. they don't they don't even realize that there's like a real life sex doll in the house <laughs> partying with them. The you know party. what I mean? <laughs> And they and he kind of he he loves talking about her, um, and everybody loves interacting with her for his sake. So to him, it's such a huge icebreaker on what do we talk about? Well, let's talk about Bianca, and so it really helps him be able to be social where it's not completely all the attention on him. It's so it's all on Bianca, right? And I think that's, that's like you said, that's what really helped him become this social, as social as he can at this, at this party, but just anywhere else as well. Right. You know, Flo, uh, Lars almost reminds me of... I broke my back. <laughs> what do you mean by that? Your back is broken. What, uh, a vertebrae or, or well, what portion? Spinal. <laughs> it was a very Mike Tyson like moment. <laughs> oh man. So we just started talking about Lars coming out of his shell, right? Because he's got this shiny object that everybody focuses on and it allows it allows Lars to kind of be reborn, if you will. So we talk about Lars coming out of his shell. Well, it was supposed to be Scrabble night, but Bianca's got plans. Lars fucked up by not looking at the calendar. And this is where the movie starts getting more interesting. So Right. Lars gets pissed off. He has a fit. Who comes to the rescue? Miss Gruner. Miss Gruner puts Lars in his place in his place because he's having this bitch fit. And he's at the moment like, what about Lars? You know what I mean? He's having one of those right. moments. Um, 
Miss Gruner overhears Lars having a conversation with <laughs> Bianca that she did not like, and he is not allowed to talk to a lady like that. She did not <laughs> like his tone. Yeah, she did not <laughs> like his tone. And uh, she was taking Bianca with her, and her and Bianca were going to have ladies' night. So yes. Lars was pretty much shit out of luck. And then it's funny, too, because they they show Lars walking into the house angry and basically saying like since when do i need to check a calendar to be with my girlfriend you know so there's <laughs> there's things that are happening now and 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 now so it's funny because when as all this starts the the town is all in yes well they're so they are supportive they're 100 percent supportive for lars right right well it goes to the extreme because now they're doing things with her, but they're allowing Lars to still continue growing. You know what I mean? And it's funny because Lars isn't seeing it at the moment. You know what I mean? All he's thinking is, great, now my girlfriend's got a social life and I'm left out. You know right. what I mean? Which, you know, you, <laughs> it just sounds crazy, right? That's so stupid. <laughs> and, it, when, and you're talking like she... Bianca, she, (laughs) Bianca is like booked every day doing something, which that's how committed the community has become toward Bianca. On these days, she's going to volunteer here. And on these, and I mean, you're talking, she's reading to kids, you know, (laughs) she is a mannequin at a, at a, at a boutique, (laughs) you know, and, and they're, everybody's excited to be able to go and they go and they pick her up and they drop her off and she's part of the community, which you would think he would be happy for, but no, he's jealous. He's He's absolutely jealous. Like how is it that I have to ask for permission and, Karen lays in on him too. Yes, Karen does have a moment with him where she's had enough. You're gonna yes. say something, Flo? I'm just gonna say is why why would you even be jealous over a fucking sex doll? Like, I don't get it. And then, because it's not a sex doll to him. Yeah. It's his partner. That's his he's partner. he's emotionally attached. It's just And <laughs> and I think a, a lot That's of it's how too, you see it, but he yes. doesn't see it that way. And I think a lot of it too, like, like Nando was saying, you, you get a lot of the history uh, when Gus starts talking about what happened when Gus left, when the mom passed away, when he, uh, Lars had to be raised by his father. And he realizes what could have caused what kind of emotional damage caused was caused to Lars. And so they start talking about, you know, the abandonment issues, insecurity, and it, it all plays in to why he has emotionally attached himself to this doll. Right. That people are starting to treat like it's a real human like a human being, they, they even bathe her. They they bathe the doll. They even give her a haircut. They dress her. Um, they acknowledge her all constantly. They they <laughs> shake her hand and everything. Yep. Yeah. This will be acknowledging and, me. 
(laughs) (laughs) And like Nanda says, she has a schedule. So Karen has a full schedule on the fridge that Lars is supposed to check to see when she's available. So he he does not like that at all. Doesn't. And it's, you know, it's funny because Bianca's helping out Lars, but it's almost like Bianca is helping out the town too. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, you know, she's doing all these things and people are joining in on it. And it's almost like, like they're having fun with it, but it's not as a, like a point your finger kind of fun at Lars. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, Hey, Lars is going through this and we're going to help him out with it. And we're going to make this like, it, it's almost like they start believing it. You know what I mean? They start, be- right. they, they start believing or they they step into Lars's fantasy world, of, yes. you know of what's going like they step into his head. Um, so it's re- it's it's really cool, and you know so so we talk about we talk about Lars starting to come out of his shell. You know he's yelling at at Bianca. He doesn't like the fact that she has a schedule. He like Angela said, he's getting jealous. Well, Margot finds her own doll. Right. And she... Because he works there too, right? Yes. Okay. So she puts that in front of Lars, and uh, Lars doesn't like it too much. So he's... uh, now Now you start to see where the movie is transitioning, and you start to see that Lars is starting to have feelings for Margot. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, well, well, well. Yeah. Yes. So we've got a little uh, lover's quarrel going on here or a little tug of war. Yes, but remember, Lars is very religious. So he's very in tune with how is that going to make Bianca feel? He would never cheat on Bianca. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And, And, oh, the biggest thing that we forgot to mention is that Bianca is sick and she needs constant treatment. So every time he he has to take her to the doctor and um, <laughs> Bianca's having to do treatment. <laughs> With Dr. Berman. And and it's a little bit of a of of a of a session for him as well. So it's like a twofer. Yes. Yes it is. Um which I thought was brilliant. Yes, they. So that was that was Doctor Berman being so like genius about everything. You know what I mean? So yes. the the first time, you know, when Doctor Berman tells Gus and Karen, like, you guys need to play along with this. We need to see where this goes because this is for Lars. Um, she tells Lars, Bianca needs treatment. She, you need to bring her once a week. That was Dr. Berman's way of bringing in Lars. So every time they were in the in the in the examining room, her office was right next door. So Lars would go in there and say, how is she doing? And she's like, she needs rest. Keep me company. So that was her way of pulling Lars into her office and starting to get to know Lars and get all of his feelings out on the table and shit and see like what's going on with them. So that's smart. Yeah. Really, really cool twist to the movie and like the way they, they incorporate that. Um, so we got big news. Lars proposes to Bianca. 
Oh, but Bianca says no. <gasps> she does say no. She says no. What the fuck? Um, yep. The Scrabble battle continues. There's a cutscene where they show Lars and Bianca parked at the um, by the lake, and Lars is just going off, dude. He's not having it. Like they, are, the the fighting continues. Um, so we're seeing. Yeah, and Bianca's yelling back at him. Yeah, Bianca's yelling back at him. And, yes. and and this is where we start to see the the relationship kind of sway in a different way. But again, Lars is a dedicated man, so you know, he's willing to put up with you know, with the fight and everything. So um this is where the story gets even more interesting. Um Lars is starting to show feelings for uh for Margot. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Lars discloses to Dr. Berman, like, you know, I I, pre- I proposed to Bianca. She said no, you know, just is what it is. And, you know, so Dr. Berman is knowing where this whole thing is going. She's starting to realize that Lars is starting to slowly let go of Bianca. Uh-huh. Um. Now large is uh, large. I keep calling him large. Large. I was like, "What have you been looking at?" <laughs> right. <laughs> the <laughs> the large real doll. <laughs> so Lars is curious. Okay, we see that he's starting to gain feelings for Margot. So now we really see Lars's true colors come out. He wants to talk to Gus about when Gus first became a man and how he knew it. <laughs> so he wants to talk birds and bees with his brother. <laughs> now, keep in mind, Gus does not know about Margot. So Gus is tentative to telling ta- <laughs> Lars the birds and the bees because in his right. head, he thinks... Lars is going to go do this with Bianca. <laughs> See what I mean? You oh, know what I mean? Shit. That's where he's kind of like holding back. And he's just like, yes, I don't know if I'm the person that, that you know, I, I sh- that you should be talking to about, you know, on this or, you know, and and Lars is just like, no, I'm interested. Like, you know, tell me, tell me. And and you already know in Gus's head, he's just like, I don't want to tell my brother the birds and the bees because he's going to turn around and, you know, go. <laughs> Make birds and bees with Bianca. <laughs> He's gonna go make some honey. <laughs> uh, so it's that that whole part is is really funny, and you see where Gus is coming from. But then this is where they get to show each other, you know, uh, brotherly love, and um, Gus starts opening up to Lars and letting him know, like you know, he. he he says he he changes it up and he and he says it like in a really good way to where Lars, you know, it, it really hits home with Lars. So that that was a great scene. Um Angela, this is where we see uh we see Lars get suave with uh Margot. Yes. And you're talking when they go bowling. Well, right before that. So so one of the things that I thought was interesting before that, um, because she's she's having she's having an argument with um, I can't remember the guy's name either, 
because they're kind of messing around at the office and um she took he took her bear and then she hid his action um, figure. action figures <laughs> and so she ends up bringing the guy's action figures back and she he he gets the bear and she she gets the bear and the bear has a noose on it right <laughs> so he's 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 giving a CPR to bring the bear back to life, right? Because because <laughs> the bear had a noose around it. But right. I I thought what was interesting, and tell me what you think when um, when Lars and Margot end up shaking hands. Ooh. So one of the things that we didn't discuss um, when when he goes and he sees the doctor, he he talks. Lars talks to the doctor and he says how concerned he is about Karen because Karen is this huge hugger and he just doesn't understand that, or he doesn't think she understands that it's too much for people. Right. And he explains how physical touch is, is painful to him. And so the doctor starts kind of touching him, you know, and his, and his arm and his forearm. And he's like, it's not bad, but it, it can be very painful. And she touches his neck, right? Which is kind of like an intimate area. And he just freaks out. And the doctor's like, okay, you know, we'll stop we there. Won't, we'll stop there. We won't push it anymore. But yeah, he shook Margot's hand and it kind of lingered for a little bit. What did you think about that? It, um, it didn't burn, so it de- didn't burn. The description, yeah. The description that he gave to the doctor was, "Have you e- have have your feet ever been cold or almost frozen? And then when you get back inside, when they thaw out, he goes, that's how it feels.' And like it burns, like it mm-hmm. burns. And she was like, "Okay, you know, interesting analogy." So, um, they so Lars is. Putting the moves on Margot without even knowing it. Um, Lars finds out that Margot broke up with her boyfriend. And that's why she's so upset. So he takes the noose off of the bear. He starts giving the bear CPR while they're having this little fun conversation. The next thing you know, uh, Margot asks him, like, hey, you know, would you, you know, want to go do something? And he's like, oh, well, Bianca has this... uh, panel or community meeting for the high mm-hmm. school or for the school or something like that yes he's all but i gotta take her there and drop her off but i'll be free he goes i won't be coming with bianca it's just me and margo's like whoa like you know what i mean margo yes. is is smitten she is what you call she is. what is, what is it flow simping oh the, <laughs> the simping yeah <laughs> Yeah, the simping word. I know that too well. Yes, uh, Margot is uh, is in the clouds, dude. Because now the guy that she's been obsessing over and that she's in love with is going to spend time with her. So they go to the bowling alley. They have a great time. You see Lars slowly opening up. You know what I mean? He can be around people. He, um, him and Margot are kind of like going back and forth and stuff. It's a real date. Well, then. Margot kind of like opens it up to like, you know, hey, I really had a great time. I thank you. And then this is where Lars shuts shuts the shit down. <laughs> He's just yes. like, I don't want you to think that this was like a date. Like I'm dedicated to Bianca. You know what I right. mean? Like Ouch. Yeah. <laughs> so Margot's like, 
what the fuck just happened? Well, they go outside. It's snowing. It's just a magic moment. And they shake hands. It doesn't look like Lars. It's not painful. Yeah, it's not painful. And it's like a good five, ten second handshake. You know what I mean? Yes, the handshake lingers. And and Marco says, I, I, you know, it's, I would never, you know, Bianca, I understand. I would never think of that. It's okay. So she's kind of letting him un- be understood that she respects him and his relationship with Bianca, which I think really helped Lars as well. Right. Like he wasn't being pushed, but she also did respect him and, and his wishes. Um, but another thing that I thought was interesting, and I don't know if you remember Lars saying about how he had asked Bianca to marry him and Bianca said no. And there's times that Bianca doesn't say anything that she doesn't even answer him. I thought was very interesting because is it that maybe Bianca isn't communicating with him anymore? Or does he just not hear her anymore? Or every now and then, you know, does he just not hear her anymore? Right. I um, I think it's a little bit of both. Um, mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's where um, I think it's where we start seeing the pro or we start seeing you know in Lars' head where he's transitioning. You know what I mean? Like he's right. he's wanting to come out of his shell. He's um. He's wanting to he's he's slowly closing the book on Bianca. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Um the interesting thing is, is so he goes on this date, you know, with um with Margot. They have a great time and everything and then all of a sudden, you know, we see him go back to saying like you know well, I'm a dedicated man and you know what I mean like he's like he opens the door and then he shuts it on Margo like he's playing like this little game with her well then we know that it's becoming official when Lars starts telling Dr. Berman um these treatments aren't working out like she's getting worse right you know what I mean and that's where it leads us into where you know Lars tells her you know this treatment isn't working um then all of a sudden we get him screaming at the house where he's saying, um, you know, she won't wake up. She won't wake up. Um, you know, we, we, we see all these, you know, the, the, the family screaming and stuff like that. Um, yes. you know, and mind you at this point, you're so invested in Bianca that you feel for both of them. And, right. and Karen and Gus are both freaking out. Like, what do we do? You know, we can't, like, we don't know how much to go along with this because this is destroying him. Right. Yeah, like, you know, we hear him screaming at her, you know, wake up. And, I mean, it's crazy because this is where you see Gus is changing. And Gus is just like, what the hell's going on? Like, is she okay? Like, you know, yes. hey, hey, dude, you know, like, you know, what the hell? And then all of a sudden you see Karen run in and, you know, you get another, you get another... Um, you get another great moment where Gus is, where Karen is just like, call nine one one, and then that's when yes. you see, 
you know, you see <laughs> Lars running, you know, running out of the room, and then Gus is just like, call 911, and she's just like, well, I don't know. <laughs> and it's crazy, though, because, like, even the medical staff and everything, yes. like, everybody is so invested, invested. in this. Yes. And you see them. They have her in a gurney. Yeah, exactly. They're rushing her in. The doctors are have been waiting for, for Bianca to show up. Right. Yes. And mind you, throughout this whole time, uh, Karen is pregnant. Yes. Karen is pregnant. I mean, she has a full on maybe into the second trimester pregnant. And and the timing, I think, with the baby coming along and everything going on with Margot, I think was had a lot to do with it. Right. And you know what was really crazy is so when Dr. Berman and um, and Lars come out and Dr. Berman tells them like, you know, uh, tells Gus and Karen that Bianca is very sick. The reaction like it's almost like a real human like they were t- like they almost were told like a a real human being. Or someone close to them. Like a family member. Yeah, yeah, like a family member was dying. And they they weren't taking it well. No. And and then you see like the calls going out to the family or to the... To the, to the community. Yeah, to the community. And these people are just like... No. Sad. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like how crazy. You know what yes. I mean? <laughs> this, everybody was just so invested. Yeah. It was, everybody was just all in. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, just very close knit community. Um, and they even, I know you probably wanted to go into the next scene where they finally bring Bianca home. Yes. And, and they try to give Karen and Gus time off because they don't want to leave him by himself because they don't know what's going to happen. Like this could go so many different ways right. for Lars. And we don't, even if he is the one that's calling the shots and, and making the scenario happen with Bianca, they don't know what the next step would be. So they're, they're not, they're not prepared. So the ladies in the community come by and I just love this scene, right? Where they come in and they bring food and there's food everywhere. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and they're just knitting. They're just knitting. And, and I mean, you're just, you're talking to these ladies just sitting down and knitting and, and he's like, so what do we do? She's like, nothing. We sit. We just sit. And that's what we do. We just sit. <laughs> And so Karen and Gus went to go and watch a movie is what they tell Lars. And he grabs a plate and he's eating and they're just there, just sitting down, just being there, physically being there for him pretty much, you know, (laughs) in his, in his moment in time. And, and for him to have to go through this transition, I think was very brave for himself. And of course it had to be in his time, right? right? He had to do it. He's the one that had to take that leap, right? But I'm like, that's kind of morbid, Lars. <laughs> why, did you, why did you have to do that to her? Right? Bianca's been there for you this whole time. <laughs> All of a sudden, he's killing her off. <laughs> why are you killing her off? <laughs> that's pretty morbid. <laughs> it's um, it's crazy. And, and you know, I, I thought that was really... Like, that's where the town really, where I was, like, I felt, like, watching this, I was just like, 
fuck, man, I want to live in that small town. Like, these people are, like, so, like, so nice, so caring, so supportive. So close-knit. Yeah, so close-knit. Non-judgmental. Non-judgmental. You know what I mean? They're all buying in. You know what I mean? They're all together. They're looking out for Lars. Like, it's just amazing that they do that. And it's, um, it's, it, like, it, it, it's the remedy that Lars needs. You know what I mean? As he's progressing, you know, through this whole period in his life and, you know, this fantasy world that he's living in. Um, and, and it's, and it's kind of crazy how, you know, I'm sure everybody has heard the saying that it takes a village to raise a child. Well, yes. that was his village, right? Yeah, that's very true. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, I was also going to say that whole thing about just everyone in the town just being there for him. That's like, even though it's kind of silly that they had to go and have a sex doll with them, wherever it is, <laughs> it's just for the fact that they were there for this guy, that they want to help him realize, like, you know, you're one of us too, right? And just yeah. get him out of his shell. It's like something I wish that we could have here in general because this world's fucked up. And if we had people like that, this world would be a better place. I right. Love, I love that you said that flow because that's yes. literally where I was going. Um, you know, in the times that we're living in, that's actually exactly what, what this yeah, what this world needs. Um And that's one of the things that they say when they're having the community meeting, remember at, at the very beginning when Gus is reaching out to the community, like we just want to let you know and give you a heads up. And they all look at him like, you know, what if it was your child what if it was your family member how would you want the community to react and so and that's what really bought everybody in was because they all realized that it could have been any one of us it could have been any one of our family members how would we want the community to react and so you're right Flo and and Nando is you know I think the community can make such a huge difference And, you know, you, and there's different communities. You have the communities at work, you have your community at, in your neighborhood, you know, you have a town community, but yes, it would be absolutely wonderful if that's the kind of community that we could all live in, even if it's small communities, but multiple small communities, I think would be a great strength for anybody at any moment in time, either up or down. Right. Absolutely. No, yeah. I I could I couldn't agree with you more. Um it's just a beautiful thing that you see, you know what I mean? And I, I think that's one of the things that's so great about this movie is you get you get pulled into you know, seeing, you know, how how they react and how they're how supportive they are, but then, you know, you go on this emotional ride with Lars also, you know, yes. because this is this is all in his head. You know what I mean? Yes. And he's the one calling the shots. You know, he's the one telling the story, basically. Yeah, and, his uh, first romantic relationship. Yeah, his first romantic <laughs> relationship. And it's funny. So, you know, we we talk about Bianca being a sex doll. But that's not what she becomes. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's weird because, you know, like Angela said, you know, they're throwing clothes on her. They're taking her to... You know the 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 beauty shop. You know they're curling her hair, they're painting her nails, they're doing all these things. So you don't even look at Bianca as a sex doll anymore. No, you know what I mean. She's she's reading to children. Yeah, you know what I mean. She's doing all these. You know she's doing all these things, and it's just 
it's crazy how she transitions with the way that Lars is telling the story and, and you know, the way the fa- the, the community joins in with him. Um, so this takes us down to Gus and Karen decide that they want to go for a walk. Um, they talk Lars and Bianca into it and, and they both attend. Um, they're, they go back to the lake. Uh, Gus and Karen ask them, you know, do you guys want to go for a walk with us? And Lars is like, no, we're going to, we're going to stay back, you know? And, and again, guys, keep in mind, um, you know, Bianca is very sick, you know, she's, you know, in a wheelchair. Yeah. She's she's in a wheelchair. She's, she's, she's very sick. You know what I mean? There's, she could probably go at any time, at any moment, at any moment. So Gus and Karen go off. They're coming back. They can see Lars in the lake with Bianca. Bianca is gone. She said her goodbyes. Lars said his goodbyes. Um, it's um for it being such a for it being a strange moment. It was actually a peaceful moment. You know what I mean? Watching and. Like, that's almost a part where it's a tearjerker. You know what I mean? Like, the eye, you know, that's where you get in your fillers and the eyes are watering. Um, but it's like, uh, it's, it's a, it's a sobering moment. You know what I mean? It's, you, it, I think that's almost the part where you see Lars has come out of his shell completely. And this is him. Letting go of his crutch, you know what I mean? His his security, his blanket that we talked about earlier in the, you know, earlier in the podcast. Oh, Mr. Blanky. <laughs> it's, it's Mr. Blanky. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, uh, it's, uh, I don't know. What did, what did you think of that whole scene, Angela? Well, I, I you know, I thought of just a, a huge release for him because I, I think that one of the things that, the ladies told them about Bianca uh, when they were sitting down in the living room is they explained what Bianca meant to the community. And, and a, a few things that they said was one, she was, she was a teacher for the community. You know, she taught the community a lot of things, but also not just the fact that she was a teacher, but she gave lessons and she, and she taught people courage and I think that's exactly what they, Bianca taught Lars. And I think being able to release her um, throughout that tough time was everything that he was able to, you know, the teaching moment, the lessons that he learned and gaining that strength. And, and for Gus and Karen to see that, like you said, it was such a touching moment to be able to see him move on to the next chapter in his life. Like that was just so huge for them and him that there were, it it was such a relief, but with full of gratitude for what Bianca had done for him. Then I don't think he could have gone anywhere else. I don't think, I I don't think that Margo could have given him that because um, he didn't need Margo at the time. He, He really needed Bianca. Right. Yeah, no, I I uh I couldn't agree more. It's um it's it's 
it's interesting just to see, you know, the the timeline and and the, you know, the way that he the way that he tells the story with this, you know what I mean? And like as you're watching it, you get the sense that, you know, something's going to change and then, you know, we see all these you know, all these all these times where, you know, there's an opportunity for Lars to grow, but then he kind of takes you back and he makes you think like, okay, is he really going to move over to Margo or mm-hmm. Is he going to, you know, is he going to stay grounded with Bianca? And is this thing going to carry on for a long time? Um, you know, obviously, you know, we we find out that Bianca has passed. They have a funeral for her. They <laughs> oh, do. Oh, no. Yeah. I thought, I, yes, they, they have, there's, I mean, a casket and, and everything. They There's photos they, of her. There's, there's photos. Flowers. Yes. <laughs> there's balloons. I mean, and there's photos there's of rosary. everywhere. Yes. <laughs> There's photos of her everywhere that she's volunteered and, you know, with everybody in the community. And I mean, obviously where she was yeah. loved, where she was, she was loved and appreciated. <laughs> and and it, I thought that was fantastic right. that they did that. <laughs> and they buried her. <laughs> and they buried her. They buried her. So they gave him his closure. Yes. And, and he was able to mourn properly, which again, I he think... Didn't- so okay, he didn't take a lot of time to mourn. <laughs> <laughs> he didn't mourn long enough. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I think I think that death scene had a lot to do with the emotional baggage that he had been carrying right. since he was a child of you know losing his mom, being raised by his father, his brother leaving him behind. Um, and, and just everything else that kind of carried, I think that death was so full of metaphors for him that he was able to finally bury it and just mourn it. Maybe not long, as long as Nanda wanted him to, but. <laughs> I mean, he didn't even light a candle for her, bro. <laughs> he did. <laughs> he said, see you later. Yeah. <laughs> um, what I, happened to Bianca's family? How come he never contacted her? Right? How come they weren't there at the funeral? How come God. they weren't there? <laughs> I'm sure somebody from the warehouse could have came down. <laughs> her friends. Maybe she had sisters. Uh, right? I don't know. The people that assembled her. <laughs> like, lifetime surprise. But I feel bad for your sorry ass. It's funny that you brought up his mother, and I think that was... So I can't remember if Gus told him or not, or the way I, I get the feeling that the story was told behind or like, I don't think Lars had closure with his mother when she passed away. Right. And I think I, okay. So the movie's already twisted guys. So don't take this the wrong way, (laughs) but I think the relationship that Lars was having with Bianca, remember, non-sexual, I think it was almost like the relationship he had hoped for or his way of saying goodbye to his mother as well. Because they don't cover a lot in the movie where it talks about him losing his mother. You know what I mean? Because they... He lost both his mother and father, but, you know, he was raised for... He was raised by his father, but... They don't get into too much detail about the mother, but I can't remember. I think there is something in there where Gus talks about um, Lars not getting all that time with his mother. So I think that's where Mm – I think when she passed, 
that's when Lars got weird. You know what I mean? He became antisocial. He became, um, you know, not wanting to be touched by anyone because who knows? Maybe the last person that, you know, he felt comfortable with or whatever was, you know, was his mother. Um, mm-hmm. As you see the as you see the movie progresses and everything, the way that he interacts with her, it's very mother like. You know what I mean? Um, it takes a while before he even. I think he only uh, throughout the whole movie kisses her once. Yeah, and even then, and that's when it, she's in the he kisses her when she's in the in the lake, right? And yeah, like his final goodbye. Yeah. Yes. And 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 that was the only time uh, throughout the whole time. And she doesn't even sleep in the house with him. He sleeps with in the house with Gus and Karen. But he doesn't even bathe her or dress her either. Exactly. Like that Karen was, does. <laughs> that was a funny scene too, where where Karen gets pissed <laughs> off at Gus. But I mean, Gus is like, "Why are we even doing this?" And and Karen's like, "It's fun." And Gus yeah. gives her the look like. No, you're stupid. <laughs> Karen's like, somebody is sleeping on the couch tonight. <laughs> and the bathing, too, because they're bathing her, and she falls she falls head first, and yeah. so her butt's sticking up in the bathtub. <laughs> but, yeah, no, it's funny. And the other part I thought was hilarious was when Gus tries to figure out where the hell did he order her from, mm. and he checks the website, right? <laughs> And it's in the middle of the night, so Karen's asleep. She has no idea that Gus is looking at this website, but right. he figures out where Lars ended up ordering her from. Yeah. <laughs> so you funkaholics that are uh, that are out there lonely and you know just want a companion or want your own Bianca, uh, go to realgirls.com. dot <laughs> com, and uh, you can you can pull Lars. <laughs> Yeah. Yes. I I think I'm good on that. <laughs> you don't want to go out there, Flo? No. I mean, hey, I, I, the guys at the shop thought it was a great idea because you know she doesn't talk back. She's quiet. She doesn't talk back. <laughs> but, but but here's the she's posable. <laughs> yes. But I find girls that are. <laughs> um, no, it just uh, with me, honestly, like I cannot do that. I'm sorry. It's like I at least want to talk to a girl because if she. Outsmarts me something. I'm like, hey, that's kind of hot. <laughs> so I like talking and stuff. So no, I got to. Well, Lars, it. Lars was able to carry a conversation with he her was. flow, so you never know. <laughs> and there was a couple of times where he asked everybody else if they heard what she was saying, and uh, I mean, yeah. they ended up hearing what she was saying <laughs> at one point. <laughs> yes, but I would not want to bathe the doll. <laughs> She, oh, if man. you don't feel comfortable, she can always stay at Nando's house. <laughs> I don't know about that. He, he can put her to sleep. He can tuck her in. Oh. Or he could feed her the Tobuscus. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, I don't know how Mercy would feel about that. <laughs> yeah, she would probably bark at her. Yeah. <laughs> what I'm is like, this? Oh, what the fuck is this? Or she'll have other plans. Yeah, yeah, that is true. <laughs> I think another thing that really Bianca did for Lars is in a way kind of help him learn how to be a boyfriend. Yeah, um, that is true. I, and, lucky and, Margot. <laughs> yeah, lucky for Margot, he had practice because he did get to hear the conversation, you know, with Gus on, you know, the birds and the bees. And then he also got to hear from Mrs. Gruner how not to talk to a lady. Very and true. 
and from Karen on how, hey, you know, it's not just about, you know, you. It's about Bianca. It's about everybody. So I think Bianca really helped him out in that to be able to grow in that as well. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, no, definitely. And that's one of the great things in this movie, too, is, I mean, not only are you blown away, but you get pulled in and you start to see things like that. You know what I mean? Like we, we see Lars growing in front of our eyes. We also see Bianca. I mean, we see the town growing in front of our eyes. Yes. You know, there's just, there's a lot of things to love about this movie. And like I said, you know, it's, it's got romance, it's got comedy, it's got drama. It's got a, what the fuck factor in there. You know what I mean? It Um, really does. But, um, and I, I think that's what makes the movie so great. And, you know, there's a lot of people that I've talked to and, and told them, like, you know, have you seen Lars and the Real Girl? And they're like, no. And I'm like. It's totally underrated, isn't it? It is way underrated. And I get it. I think to a lot of people it would be a little standoff-ish because they're like, it's a guy and a doll, you know. Yeah. But it's like, just hang in there. Just hang in there. It's it's great. And even though whoever listens to this Funkaholics, don't worry. You have to watch it. It is a completely different experience. Even if you watch it, we might have given a few or a lot of spoilers, but it is not the same as actually watching it. Like, just hop on and you will enjoy it. Right. I'm going to have to give it a watch. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, it's well, great. So- after hearing all this, what are your thoughts on actually watching the movie? In all honesty, it's uh, not what I was expecting. <laughs> but like, I just—it's kind of like how I was saying earlier. It's kind of like awesome that like they were actually there for this guy, right? They wanted him to get involved in everything, and I don't know how old this guy is and stuff like that. And like, they're just being cool with them, and people are like, "Oh, hang out with this." He's like, "No, nah, no, nah, I'm good." And it takes for him to get a sex doll just to <laughs> talk to people and let it all get in his head and just and then more on that he just starts to get comfortable with people. I think it's awesome what they did for him and stuff and for him to finally like actually be normal and be with people as if for her to pass and be like, Hey, we we're here for you and he'd be like, Oh Right. Like it's it's like a I haven't seen it, but I could just tell it's like a good ending of course and like yes. I just I feel bad that's how he was, but, like, I mean, at least, like, he's not forever, like, forever, like, alone in his own little circle. It's just, from the way you guys describe it is, I will more than likely like it, too, and it'll probably make me feel good because, at the moment, I'm kind of going through some shit, but... Right. I would I would like to smile, so... Oh, dude. It, yes. It's, it's <clears throat> the perfect movie for that, you know what I mean? And Yeah. It's so... You look at it as a as a like a like a fantasy world, you know what I mean. But it's got those feel good moments because it shows that even though somebody going through something really crazy or traumatic in their life, you know, we always talk about mental health, but it shows that there's success when you have a community behind it. You know what mm-hmm. I mean. So there's you know there's there's the happy ending. Um, no pun intended, (laughs) Um, but you know, like I said, you know, uh, Lars puts Bianca to rest, um, and he finds his real girl because Margo's Margo's there with him and they go for a walk. Yes. And Margo is fantastic for him because she understands with, with no judgment 
everything that Lars from beginning to the, from the day that she met him until the very end of everything that he's gone through, she's been there and watched him. And you would, the camera kind of goes through everybody that's there watching what's going on. She sings at the choir and he brings Bianca to the church, right? And she's watching him interacting with Bianca, but with zero judgment, Margot is just so supportive toward Lars. And, and he, if it was either him asking to marry her and her saying no and Mar- um, Bianca getting sick, like Margot, no matter what, is so part of Lars's world that Lars is, doesn't really know how much to what extent. But at the very end, she's still so part of his world and now she's get she gets to be in his world. Yes. So it really works out for Margot, which was perfect. Yeah. She's perfect for him. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh it's crazy that, you know, she she sees all this from Lars and outsiders could look at him like he's fucking Looney Tunes, you know what I mean? Her opinion does not change of him. You know, no matter what, no matter what, that's a beautiful thing for the movie. You know what I mean? Is you get to see, you get to see the way Margot sees him and they, they really are like a a match made in heaven. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. They're the perfect couple. She's perfect for him. Absolutely. So guys, we're, uh, we're approaching that time. Um, time gets away from when you talk about what you love and we love us some Lars and the real girls. So yes. I am going to leave you with a quote from the movie and who better to bring it from than the mad scientist herself, Dr. Berman. You won't be able to change his mind anyway. Bianca's in town for a reason. Yep. Couldn't have said it better. Thank you, Funkaholics, for joining us on this heartfelt ride. If you haven't seen the movie, you can watch on HBO Max, Hulu, Mm -hmm. and Amazon Prime. Sweet. I do have a Hulu account. (laughs) For those of you that have seen this movie, you know why we're here and talking about what we love. We love us some Lars and the real girl. Angela, do you want to leave the Funkaholics with anything? Yes. And if you have seen it, please watch it again. It's a wonderful movie. If you haven't, please watch it. It's totally underrated. Um, I watched it again right before we did the podcast just to refresh my memory. And uh, it was hilarious. And touchy-feely, you know, drama, everything you want. Just watch it. It's, what, what is it, an hour and a half maybe? Yeah. It's, an hour 45? Yeah, right around there. You'll love every minute of it. Yeah. Thank you again for having me. Always have a blast. I always have a blast. Awesome. Flo, anything you want to leave the Funkaholics with? Um I want to just say that, like, of course, after hearing this, that I will, too, be watching it because I'm I'm intrigued now. <laughs> and, stuff. and sometime when I'm back, whenever I'm out of the shadows, I'll come and talk to you guys about it and be like, oh, hey, that was actually pretty good. <laughs> and, uh, and I just want to say that uh, if you guys are down, just remember that every day will get better if you just keep your head off and that I love you guys. Absolutely. I love that flow. Thank you guys. We have some sponsorship news. So 
for those of you guys that are wanting to promote your podcast, promote your social media, promote your business, what better way to do it than Popple? That is P-O-P-L.com, guys. Popple is all of your social media needs, business awareness. The Funkaholics love Popple so much that Popple gave us a coupon code. So for those of you guys that want to go out there and purchase your own merch from Popple, which is absolutely fucking fantastic, I have a badge from them, which has our Funkaholics new logo on it. It also Ooh. has a QR code that you can scan, and it gives you all the information to the po- the, the podcast. I'm it's got the YouTube out there. It's got the social media. You can find us on Instagram immediately, and it shows everything that we need on there that we want to have our Funkaholics fans access to. So guys... Remember, popple.com, P-O-P-L.com. Use that code. It's the Funkaholics for 20 to 25% off your purchase. Sweet. I am your host, Nando T. We are closing out, and we are going to leave you with 